Hi, this is Rivita and I am here to talk with the Enrons about your new favorite song, I Believe. I believe, I believe everybody has a guard. They call at me, but I've learned to move past. Hello and welcome to your new favorite song. I'm here to talk about uh, new artists, independent artists upcoming and to try and promote them and get you to listen to your new favorite song. And today I'm joined by Rivita, uh, who is, uh, whose song I believe sounds very much like Joan Armor Trading crossed with Eartha Kitt. Good evening, uh, good evening I think, or is it afternoon? Uh, in it's Boston? actually Oh, morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> so your name is Rivita. Uh, yeah. You're, uh, you're living in Los Angeles. Yes. But you're not from Los Angeles, I guess. No, no. Because, <clears throat> because I know I thought you were British because you studied in Reading. I saw it on I, your spot on your Facebook. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, I studied in London. I oh, said in London. Yes. And where did yeah. you study? Um, so I went to BIM, which is British and Irish Institute of Modern Music. Mm-hmm. And I went back in the day when it was still called Tech Music Schools. <laughs> um, and then after graduating from there, I went to Kingston to do a master's in composition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, but you're not, but you originally from the UK or are you from India I'm, or Pakistan? I don't I'm know. From, I'm from India. You're from India. Um, and whereabouts yeah. in India? Um, New Delhi. Oh, New Delhi. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's, uh, I've never been to New I was in Mumbai last year. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's quite very, it's very different from, uh, from the UK and different from Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually find that culturally US is very similar to India than, I mean, UK is absolutely opposite. Oh, yeah. And the, how's that? Um... So I think generally in the UK, because of the healthcare system and Mm -hmm. the monarchy and, you know, like in general, the looking at both the cultures in UK, there is just a very different lifestyle, you know, like people go to office and then they come back home in the evening, like nobody works after a certain time. The weekends are usually to have fun. But both in India and in the US, you have to pay for healthcare. Mm-hmm. And then people work all the time. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very different. Like I had a really hard, like, hard time after moving out of the UK. <laughs> Getting back into work, uh, the work ethic. Uh... No, I think I developed a really good work ethic living in the UK because I could compartmentalize very well. Mm-hmm. And I had developed really good coping mechanisms because of that. Right. It's not like I didn't work all the time or it just gave me an opportunity to also work on other things. Like I had a part-time job while I was doing my master's and I was gigging and I was doing all these other things. And I just found that difficult to do in the U.S. Like, I still did it, but I just feel like people just expect somehow you to be, like, more robo- robotic here. Okay. <laughs> and and do you are you working in the music industry or are you 
doing a job and working on your music um, uh, part time? So currently, I'm just practicing music. I have my studio here in LA, and I'm just producing music. Okay. So why did you why the move to LA uh, specifically? Um. So I always wanted to live. I always wanted to come to LA. And just, you know, like when I was a kid, I was looking at UCLA to study, mm -hmm. but I never thought that I was good enough to go. So I didn't apply actually like for a bachelor's. Um, and then I don't know, it just seemed like this place where every, like a lot is happening. A lot of people are here. And then I actually studied composing for film and television. Um, so before I came to LA, I did another master's in upstate New York. And after that, I lived in New York City for a an year. Mm -hmm. And I freelanced there as an audio engineer, and I worked on quite a lot of projects. Um, and then I just felt like I was ready, you know, to come to LA and just try it out. So I've been here for a couple of months now. Okay, and, and you're working... Uh, in the film industry or in the music industry or? I don't know, man. I'm just working on my own music. <laughs> I'm just writing and composing and okay. like, and I find that a lot of people do have that lifestyle here. They just write music, like they wake up in the morning and they write music. Oh, cool. And uh, so you're going to continue with your... Um... Uh, let's say your independent career or do you looking for record labels or yeah I think that that was the main goal like to find out more about like getting a record deal of sorts mm -hmm. and then the more I started talking to people the more I started getting to know people in the industry I realized it's very important for you to be on the same page like values and morals wise to be mm -hmm. working with somebody that closely so right now I am doing it as an independent until, you know, I find somebody or they find me and it's a mutual click. Yeah. Yeah. It brings me very nicely to one of the questions that you sent to me to ask, which was, if you knew you could not fail, what would you do? I think I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. That's, 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 that's a really cool one. So in that case, what is your cell phone wallpaper? Oh, it's a picture of me. It's a picture of you. <laughs> oh, right. The, which one? Which one? Um, so I recently just took a picture of me in my apartment and I posted it on Instagram and everyone like liked it a lot. Is this the one with the gold leaf um, on your... No, I didn't take that one. That was one of my friends who uh, photographed me. I photographed myself a couple of days back. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just like with my hair open and it's like black and white. And I posted it on Instagram and I put a caption in, Untanglement. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, that's that will have to go in. The, uh, the link to that Instagram post will have to go yeah. in the show notes, huh? so we can show and, and we can show people uh, this 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 photograph. Uh, because uh, I mean, the photograph with the gold is just just fantastic. I mean, it's a really beautiful photograph. It really Thank is. You. Yeah, it's really really fantastic. It's really exotic and. Uh, it's just yeah. a very very beautiful photograph. It shows oh, you, for, you you know you've got a lovely face and. Uh, uh, it, it shows her very, very well. It's a really nice photo, and I mean, the oh, one also, um, I believe as well is is also uh, kind of this, it fits with this whole uh, vibe of I believe. 
yeah. a little bit dreamy and uh, a little bit melancholy. But uh, that, that photograph, uh, it's a really, really nice photograph with a gold. I'll, I'll put a link on that so everybody can go and see what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and immediately admire uh, Rivita. <laughs> so, Rivita, uh, what is the one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them? I thought a lot about this one. And right now I think, is it wear or not wear? So I feel like... Oh, whatever. (laughs) I feel like nowadays in the COVID environment, if somebody walks in without a mask, I'll probably be like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) That's a big thing in the States at the moment, huh? A whole mask so the other day i went to ikea and i was standing in the queue and there was a guy with like his girlfriend and they were both standing in front of me and i was like this guy is like nice looking his girlfriend's really nice looking why is his mask under his nose (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you wouldn't have known he was nice looking if his mask was above his nose obviously because i mean (laughs) we're all good looking from the eyes up Really? Well, I like to think so. (laughs) Keep telling myself when I look in the mirror. (laughs) Okay, so uh, moving swiftly along, um, the song that we are going to talk about uh, that is going to be on the list or is on the playlist and uh, uh, is going to be your new favorite song um, is I Believe. And uh, maybe you could take us through. Uh, I mean, what is the song about, and and how you created? I can, you know, if I read the lyrics, it's quite a poignant song. But uh, you tell it in your own words. Um. So I think, in general, I feel like I've lived a very interesting life. Like I've lived in many different countries, and I've travelled a lot. Um, so I think on the outside, like when you look at my Instagram or when you know me from Facebook, or if you meet me in real life, I'm always like happy and I have a lot to like share and talk about. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of people were only seeing me for that. Like, yeah, you know, like they were like, oh, this person, like, oh, she's, she's done this, that, like I have three degrees and, you know, I've really made the best out of my life so far. And I think I realized like early in 2019 that I too have struggles and I too have gone through things and I still do. And there are still times when somebody can say or do something to hurt me. And I realized that, you know, I was just not talking about that through my art. Mm -hmm. And this song was kind of, you know, somebody made me feel a very certain way when I wrote it. And I came back to my apartment and I wrote this song. I literally wrote it and then recorded the vocals. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to leave my vocals in just like that. So, that you know, like I could have gone in and I could have auto-tuned them and I could have edited them out and recorded them over and over again to make them really perfect like I usually would do. But at the end of the day, when I wrote this song, I was like, I want this to be real. Like, I want this to be about real life. Like, yeah. I want this to be about um, what people go through. Like, everyone's life is not, nobody's life is a straight line. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see, it's interesting you're saying about the vocals because that is what really uh, connects 
uh, uh, with, <laughs> with certainly with me as a listener, when I listened to it the first time, I really it brought a lump to my throat. You know, I could feel uh, the pain in it and uh, the loneliness and uh, the hurt. Uh, and that comes really comes through in the vocals, and I think it comes through a lot more because it's meant you're singing what you really feel. So it really, you know, uh, I get a, a kind of a, it connects with me on a personal level. That's um, a- that's really nice to hear. Like when you posted it, I was really touched because a couple of weeks ago, somebody messaged me explicitly to tell me how I forgot to melodyne it and how I shouldn't like look into singing lessons and I have an actual bachelor's degree in voice <laughs> so I actually kind of uh, realized that there are there is still a spectrum of people who have not experienced these feelings to actually understand them um well I mean it also <clears throat> um I think if you're in music you're making music and certainly when you get down to uh, producing your own music you start to hit, you can listen to it on two levels. Uh, you yeah. can listen to it on a technical level. And, and now I listen to it, now I'm producing, producing and recording a lot of our own music. I could listen to something on a technical level and I think, ooh, distortion or ooh, a bit of auto. Uh, but but if, I, if I let that go and I listen to it on a personal level and it's sung with real feeling and meaning, then it can really move me in a way that it wouldn't do technically because, you know, Unless even the best songs, even people that are at the best studios can produce a song that you think, hmm, yeah, you're right. It was bass there, a bit too much. Yeah. So there's always something, if you're very critical, <laughs> listen with a critical ear, you can always find something wrong. That's true. And I did. Like when I was recording the song, I actually got, so I literally made the electronic like you know when in the beginning you hear the intro and then I kind of recorded my vocals with like all the electronic elements and then I got in like session musicians to perform on it mm-hmm. um so I actually and it was interesting because everyone was in a different country the drummer was in Bali the person who recorded piano is in Canada the guy who did uh, the guitars he's here in the US like mm-hmm. and I realized I've only met one of them in real life. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, for the was, session? Yeah, out of all the session musicians. I, I mean, for, what, did you meet him for the session or just... No, no. They all recorded from their own studios. I've, I've only met that person in real life at like an event. Okay. okay. It was it was really interesting to have all these people involved, and then they send me the stems, and I usually mix it after mm-hmm. that. So when I was mixing it, I obviously like edited out some of the guitars and this and that, and I I did hear it like there were clashes, and like you said, then at the end of the day, it's an artistic choice. It's not a yeah. technical choice. Um, and when whenever somebody says something like that to me, I really feel like would you go to Paris and try to draw eyebrows on Mona Lisa yeah 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 <laughs> just you know? to make it just to make it right <laughs> yeah exactly you know and, and then you ruin the art you know yeah you ruin the feeling that the artist is trying to convey um, yeah. and um, I think it's oh carry on I, I was gonna say I think it's really beautiful with this song because it's actually about being broken or being, you know, uh, yeah. imperfect, or having these feelings of hurt, 
that makes it actually fit even more than a perfect vocal. Yeah, and I think I also did it out of um, the fact that okay, I have been I have been a musician for a very long time now, mm-hmm. and I've dedicated so much of my life to my art. And the fact that I didn't, it, this was not an in, uninformed song. It's not like I woke up one day and just wrote it. Mm-hmm. It also comes from experience, like, and from a lot of research. Like, I read this book, actually. It's called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Um, mm-hmm. And it's written by this guy called Vishen Lakhiani. Yeah. And it's about, so when I read that book, I was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Like, I agree with a lot of it. But then it kind of conveys that there are people who are extraordinary and then there are people who are not. Mm -hmm. And when I really started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I think at the end of the day, everybody is extraordinary in their own ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe thousands and thousands of people don't know about them, but they are still extraordinary to somebody. Yeah, I mean, you could also say that... uh, uh everybody has this extraordinary mind is yeah. what you're saying so yeah. if you can uh, and some people tap into it exactly. and most people don't you know and 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 that's what makes you unique a unique individual and uh, yeah. any kind of art or creative process will enable you to get into that but mind. i think it really like the song and just the research around it and the events around it really made me realize that, you know, if somebody is happy just going to work every day doing their nine to five, then they have their reasons for it. And I respect that a lot, you know, like if somebody is happy where they are in their simplicity, Mm -hmm. I respect that. And they have their reasons. It might be for, we don't, that's the thing about this song. Like, it does start with, I believe everybody has a God. Like, it, it, it's about everybody. And uh, What do you mean by a God? That's <clears throat> the one thing I wanted. What did you mean by a God? Everybody uh, so, has a God. Like a God. Like, you know, everyone's guarded in a way. Like yeah, yeah. A, a wall of... Uh, yeah, like but you mean... Like an emotional yeah, okay. wall. Yeah, yeah okay, like, but you could also mean a guardian. Uh, but you mean really a guard, like a gate, like a, a barrier between them and I the rest should of not, them. I, shouldn't have I shouldn't have said that because this is what I really love about writing songs that you know when people listen to it they come up with their own um, stories around it yeah. and I love and I love those more than and they're like I never thought of it like that <laughs> I didn't I like you know I love listening I think that's that's the beauty of songwriting and that's the beauty of music that how it connects to people and how it reminds them of their own um, experiences. Yeah, and, yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes, beliefs. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> I don't think an artist is the, like, I don't think I am the right person to judge my own art. Well, um, why not? <laughs> um, so I think it's my job to do, to create. And to do it to the best of my ability based on everything I've learned. And then to let it go at some point. And then let everybody else, like everyone I share it with, mm-hmm. to come up with their own conclusion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, well, that's art. 
Huh? Yeah. That you move somebody, <laughs> you move somebody else to feel something uh, within themselves. Hopefully, it's a similar type of thing to what you've uh, what you've done, and, and uh, you know, this is very this idea in philosophy about once you have an idea, it dies. You know, once it's out <laughs> yeah. there, it's dead, unless somebody else can connect to it. Yeah. Um, but you can't put that into somebody else's head. You can't put that feeling into somebody else's head yourself. You have to let them kind of mirror that idea or that uh, the art you're trying to convey, the message you're trying to convey, and then it lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, and then it lives. To, yeah, and if you can do that, then your idea has, has moved, has, has led a life somewhere else outside of you. It's like having children. You know? <laughs> it really is. I don't know if you have children, but uh, no. I can tell you, uh, children are very much like uh, songs, you know? You create yeah. them and then they live their own life. Yeah, my brother just had a baby, so uh-huh. that's my only child right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, well, what I'm going to ask you about is you said earlier on in the interview that uh, the song was inspired by a real event. Uh, something happened to you and you uh, went home and write, wrote about it. And would you be prepared to tell a little bit more? You don't have to go into lots of detail, but a little bit more about what it is that happened. Um, what that inspired you to write the song? So not really, but um, I realized that I am, I am and I have always been like very childish and excited about the world. Mm-hmm. And when I meet people, I don't usually... I I usually just go like, oh, I'm so excited to meet this person. And I tell them about like my day and oh, this happened and that happened. And, you know, like I'm very uh, bubbly and talkative Mm -hmm. and I've always been like that. And it's always been fine with me. But then I also realized that. So I had so I it's not just one event, though. It's like so many times, like I've had people sit me down and try to teach me things and tell me like X, Y, and Z is wrong with me when I just went like expecting that this is going to be a nice lunch. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, and then I realized that I think that's where this song came in. I was like, I really need to reevaluate how I look at the world and maybe I need to kind of build up my walls with more caution. Because, you know, like when sometimes, that's the thing, uh, as an artist, sometimes people listen to your stuff or, you know, they look at you and they feel a certain way and you just don't realize it because it's so ingrained in you to keep creating everywhere Mm -hmm. you go. Like I knit and I used to make jewelry when I was a... (laughs) little girl like I've uh, so I I am an art like I'm an artist in like every creative you're a creative person I'm a creative person so I realize like creative people we kind of have our hearts on our sleeves and we cannot like we cannot do anything about it like that's what makes us who we are like if we Mm. don't if we put our heart back inside our chest it's not gonna like we are not going going to be able to create the way we do Mm -hmm. so I mean that's the thing like I went to have lunch with somebody and they said all these things to me and I think some of the music that I am working on right now 
I think those events, like not just that, like I was freelancing in New York and I realized like so many times to save money, like people would just say, try to make me feel about my work. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, somebody messaged me, like if I was the producer on this, I would do this, this, this differently. Like, so at the end of the day, I realized that I kind of need to be more cautious about um, like what, what is somebody's intention when they are saying those things? Yeah. So I think a lot of the music that I'm working on now kind of comes with that caution Mm-hmm. And I, 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 it kind of broke my heart in a little way that, you know, I, I was writing about like all these fa- fantasy things and galaxies and the universe. And now I'm kind of like maybe becoming more realistic. Oh, don't um, do that. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> oh, no, no. You know, there are a lot of cynical people out there. There's a, it reminds me of, a, a, I can't remember who the quote is, but it's very, uh, I think it's one of the, I think it's the, the heiress to the Woolworths <laughs> fortune a multi-millionaire and she said well don't you don't you get worried about people wanting to be your friend because of your money you know they might swindle you and she said well most people don't and i take the one person who will swindle me as the price i have to pay for not being afraid to live my life you know and and that's the same as an, as an artist you know sometimes people come up with comments you think okay i can't do anything with it but if i you know yeah. if i stop pouring out my heart and pouring out my feelings into my music, into my career, then I stop being creative. So sometimes the price you have to pay for putting your heart on the sleeve is that sometimes somebody will stand on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah, but it's been interesting because when I came to the US, I came with like a very, like with rose colored glasses on. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, the longer I lived here, I was like, wow, like, you know, you go, like, you meet people and you talk to them. And it kind of also makes me think that, wow, like, why, why, why is the world like this, you know, like, yeah. especially the political situation here. And then when I left uh, UK, the Bre- like Brexit was taking place. And then the political situation has been so bad in the world, like in not just not just in the US, but also in India, but also in UK, but also in like every other country. Like, it really makes me wonder, like, how did we get here? Like, are we so, have we lost touch with humanity? Like, you know, to some extent. And it really makes me wonder, but I'm also very grateful that there are people who are still human, who are still sharing and who are still, you know, do good for the world. Yeah, I think uh, for me, those people are creatives. Because when you create something and you see somebody else is creating something, then uh, you're very much more receptive and open to it, you know? Um, And I think that when you do that, uh, your vision of the world, you know how easy it is to hurt somebody else because you know how easy it is to be be hurt yourself. So, yeah, I think think most people are pretty okay you know it's just yeah. uh, they don't really think before they speak exactly <laughs> you know yeah um, exactly and it makes me careful when i uh, i mean i'm very lucky to have uh, we, uh, the two of us 
uh, in the Enrons. And I'm very lucky that, that Ron is very open to everything. And we're both, you know, so I can just show him a lick and even if it's wrong, you know, it's like, oh, God, I'll do it again. Or if it's not, doesn't quite fit, then the first idea is acceptance. It's yeah. all okay. It's all... Yeah. It's all uh, it's all open, and then you sort of refine it, and you make it uh, into something that really that fits together. But when you open yourself, that very vulnerable first thing that you're not really sure of, that doesn't really have a form in any way, and somebody says, "Oh, well, I'm not sure about that," then it's like all of a sudden, like, oh. and it doesn't make me feel less like I want to share, but I don't want to share with that person anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And. So I actually learned a very interesting lesson. I went to see John Mayer live. I went to see Shakira okay. live. And I went to see Kimbra live. And all of those three people made mistakes while they were on stage. Yeah. Or they got vulnerable. Like Kimbra, when she was about to sing one of the songs, she started singing. And then she put her hand in her hair like this. And she ruffled her hair and said, can we please start over? I'm just not... And then they started the song all over again. And I, in yeah. that moment, I had so much more respect for her. And I was like, yeah. and that's one thing I really am grateful for, to be able to look at other performers and learn from how they are on stage. Okay. Do you, do you um, perform self, yourself on stage? Are you gigging? Or maybe um, not now, but... So usually uh, when I was in London, I used to perform with a band. Mm -hmm. And then over a period of time, I would perform with like a separate guitarist or I would play a guitar myself. But then I realized I am most comfortable when I have my electronic set. So what I would do is I would show up with my laptop and I would just oh. perform with my laptop. And that just made life so much easier. Like I started booking way more gigs than usual. Oh, okay. And I would pick out like the more dancey stuff depending on the venue. And it just became so much more fun to gig. And these days I have been doing some live sessions on like Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I usually just do an acoustic set either with my piano or with my oh, okay. guitar. And because when this this uh, show will be going out uh, sometime in mid September, so uh, have you got any uh, uh, upcoming gigs or releases or other exciting stuff that that, that we can also uh, promote or say you know go and watch Rivita in LA uh, you know in a, with a computer? <laughs> so LA is absolutely closed right now. <laughs> And I I have been taking a break just to work on my album. And the thing was that I was, I was kind of rushing myself creatively. Like I was working on so many songs at the same time that then I decided I'm just going to take a break and work on finishing a bunch of things, putting them together before I release them. Mm -hmm. So right now... I am not planning on anything like for September, but hopefully I will perform on Instagram live one of these days when I okay. feel like it. Okay, but you've got, uh, so you're working on lots of stuff, so you, you must have a new release because I believe has been out now for about a month, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, it's been, um, I think I released it in like June. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's been out for a little bit. Um, I don't have anything lined up, but I do have something I am finishing. Okay, and that is? 
I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it right now. That sounds like a song from Harry Nilsson, but uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so in the meantime, I'm promoting my song, Someone Else's Arms. Yes, which, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. So yes. I am promoting Someone Else's Arms, which is going to be a part of the bigger project that I'm working on right now. Okay, and, and this has already been released or will be released? Yeah, there is actually a music video of Someone Else's Arms on my YouTube Okay, so we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Okay. I actually filmed that music video here in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. So even though it's been a little while since I released that song, it's just one of those songs that like keeps on giving. Yeah. And it's been doing so well. Like there are still people who find it and they message me and they're like, hey, can you come and talk about it on our show? Like I did a podcast last week talking about someone else's arms and I think that's one of my that's one of the songs that really like changed the game for me but then all of them do you know like all of them change the game on a different level each time it always comes back to you my friend somehow we always find a way to make it end Has the game changed then for you? How has it changed the game? Um, so someone else's arms actually premiered on Rolling Stone India. Oh, very nice. It got picked up by BBC London and it's just connected me with so many more people. Like somebody would hear it and I'd receive a message or like an email, like I heard your song, someone else's arms. Wow. Like I uh, like it's connected me with a wider audience, I feel. Yeah. And when I released it, I had, I, I really did not want to release it. I thought it wasn't like, I don't know. I was just in such a mental space of, I don't want to put music out. And then okay. somebody said, why don't you just put it out? And if you feel uncomfortable after that, you can just take it down. Okay. And I, I you know, it's the same, like being vulnerable publicly, it can backfire. <laughs> Um, so I did put it out and it did really well. And I ended up making this music video here in LA and I think it was, it's okay to be vulnerable in the mm-hmm. confines of your music and your work and to talk about it, you know, like to talk about life in general. And I think the best way to share your feelings is through songs. Like we can talk yeah. about things and events all we want. But it's the feeling that matters and everybody knows those feelings on some level. 
Yeah, that's, that's very nice to hear. Okay, so, uh, given the time, that's a beautiful interview. Thank you very much, Rivita. Um, I've got maybe one short little thing that you can uh, give a shout out or tell us where where we can find you on on uh, on the social media and where you prefer to be uh, to be reached and uh, how we can see more of you. So I am Rivita Music, R-I-V-I-T-A, music all over the World Wide Web. My website is rivitamusic.com. And if you type in Rivita Music on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere, you will find me. Okay, we'll be putting all of those links in the show notes so you don't have to do any typing. You just have to click on the link and you'll see Rivita. Thank you very, very much for giving me your time this this morning where you are. <laughs> and uh, I wish you all the best in, in your career. And, uh, well, maybe we can speak uh, some other time. But uh, for now, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I believe, I believe everybody has a guard. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, have found your new favorite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, The Enron's New Favorites. And you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. Next week, I'll be talking to Guillaume Lara about his song Mesa de Jantar, which has a bossa nova rhythm played on classical acoustic guitar combined with lyrics that describe the feeling of having an empty place at the dining table. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast app that you're listening on. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then visit www.patreon.com backslash the and support us for as little as one euro per month. We'd really appreciate it and every little bit helps to cover the costs of making the podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week.